0: The 4 O'Clock Football Frenzy.
1: Hey, you hit me so hot down there?
0: Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 O'Clock Football Frenzy. On Cofield and Company.
2: Adams Family Edition. Company takeover. Adam Hill, Adam Candy, Ari back at the Finley Toyota Studios. Hill. Out at Silver 7's, trying to keep up with everything that's happening, with Raiders rumors around the rest of the NFL. Um, I, I for one, am struggling to keep up. It's a good thing I have Adam Hill here with me. (laughs) So, Adam, the Kansas City Chiefs are making news. Wait a minute. Is this about the playoffs, or is this about the Raiders? Damon Arnett? there's a name i haven't heard for a little while uh, of course if you uh, don't remember what happened with damon arnett very violent uh instagram video showing him with weapons uh, leading to his ultimate release from the raiders he has signed in kansas city a futures contract with the chiefs you're not going to see him playing this weekend uh in the playoffs adam you surprised to see damon arnett getting another opportunity in the nfl
1: after what we saw on video no i mean he what he got a couple of or a couple of little looks uh during the season he's a talented player um listen he can there's certain things he can do in the football field that made him attractive uh as a draft pick and you know there was a lot of thought when when he was coming out of hey maybe a second round talent but maybe drops to the third or the fourth uh, because of some off-field issues, we'll see what you know where he falls. The Raiders decided to take him in the first round, which I think put a lot of um, ridiculous expectation uh, on him. Uh, but in the end, you know he didn't work out. For we know several reasons why he didn't work out here, most of them involving off the field. But he wasn't exactly great on the field either. But that risk becomes a lot less when you don't have to use a first or second round pick on him. When you can just sign him to basically nothing. And if he works out, you have a talented player. And if he doesn't, you just move on. And the Raiders are the ones that had to invest. Uh, It didn't work for them. But somebody feels like the talent is there, that if you don't have to put anything down, if there's no down payment, if I could, you know, if you're buying a house, you're like, well, it's a really stiff down payment. And if you move in, you're going to be in trouble. But if I'm like, hey, here's a free house, um, it might be awesome. It it might fall apart and you, you just have to eat it. But it might be awesome. You never know. But it's free. Well, that becomes a lot more appealing, right? So I think that's what teams are looking at right now. Yeah, don't shoot up the walls of the house. Uh, That's kind of what we're getting (laughs) at here. Uh, Adam,
2: you know, Kansas City gets held up a lot as a model organization for what they've built and the sort of powerhouse that they have on the field. Some interesting off-the-field concerns that they seem to be either willing to overlook willing to just deal with um let's go back go back to tyreek hill questions around domestic violence with tyreek hill Uh, we know the situation that happened with Britt reed uh, andy reed's son who uh, killed someone behind the wheel of a car before the super bowl last year deandre baker the former giant who was a first round pick who had some uh allegations of robbery against him Uh, does talent trump everything, Adam? Is that just it in the end? Do, do we need to just let the moral outrage go and just understand that there's very little you can do that will keep you off an NFL roster?
1: I mean, I don't, I don't know if we need to let it go, but you know, I think we should, you know, come to the realization that that's that's the bottom line in this business, and and I don't think that's ever going to change anytime soon. <laughs>
2: It's a hard bottom line to deal with And bottom line is always about winning, I guess Um, The bottom line for Mike McCarthy is that he knows how to win And if you don't believe him Do me a favor Do yourself a favor Just listen to Mike McCarthy Uh, Questions about his job status were put to Mike McCarthy The Cowboys coach Yesterday And he basically said, you know what Um, I know how to do the job I know how to win I know how to win Super Bowls Uh, Referencing back, of course, to the championship he won in Green Bay. And Adam, I just, I couldn't be more upset to have to say, nah, dude, this is about Aaron Rodgers. Like, Aaron Rodgers is something I don't enjoy saying in 2022 any more (laughs) than I enjoyed saying in 2021. Uh, Who the hell is Mike McCarthy to come out and say, I know how to win championships? Your team just flamed out in the first round of the playoffs after cruising through most of the regular season. But more importantly, does anyone think that the time
1: in Green Bay owes back to you and not to Aaron Rodgers? What is Mike McCarthy smoking? Well, in the end, he's right. He knows how to win championships. That's to latch on to Aaron Rodgers' coattails. Or <laughs> <laughs> not right. championships. Yeah, he knows how to win playoff games. It's a latch on. I mean, that's that's true. I mean, so do I. I know how to do it, too. Make me the coach of Aaron Rodgers' team. I'll show you how to win playoff games. Um, Adam, how, yeah, uh, can I ask you a quick question though? Sure, question? sure. How many books have you written in your life? Um, I've had a couple of
2: ideas. Never have I written yeah. one. Sixty-seven books. We're about to talk to someone who has written sixty-seven books in his life. I used to feel like I had done something in this world, but Barry Wilner has it all over us. I read them. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the
0: 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600.
3: If the Buccaneers are behind in that game at any point
2: in time and the Rams can tee off with pass rush, You know, they got two Hall of Fame pass rushers. Plus, they got
3: another kid who, in Leonard Floyd right now, is as good as any edge pass rusher in the NFL. So, they got three guys that can absolutely wreck your quarterback if there's any kind of miscommunication because
2: Ryan Jensen's not there or he's hobbled on that ankle.
0: Now, back to the William Hill
2: Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. ESPN's Louis Riddick talking about the Buccaneers offensive line. Ryan Jensen, the center, he mentions not to uh, even mention Tristan Wirfs, the right tackle, who's also injured as they get ready to take on the Los Angeles Rams this weekend. Adam Candy, Adam Hill here on Cofield and Company. Silver 7's the spot today. $2.77. Beers and margaritas right now for happy hour. Once the Golden Knights game starts at seven, seventy-seven cent Bud, Bud Light, and Mick Ultra. Um, we like to talk a lot on the show about Adam Hill's work ethic, and I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I think potentially it occasionally gets overblown, but it's fair. I'm conceding on this. It's fair, um, but Adam, compared to Barry Wilner, you are a slacker you are someone who has accomplished nothing and (laughs) will accomplish nothing and i have no trouble saying that completely fair barry wilner national football writer for the associated press joins us here on cofield and company barry i had to have our producer ari check because in 2019 i saw a stat that said you had written 67 books you have been prolific even in the time after that barry how many books have you written now
4: well, it's up to seventy-five guys. Many of them are kids' books, which are just those sports books, and they're easy to do. And you know, you can finish one in a month. So, and not, it's not like I've uh, rewritten uh, the Bible or anything like that. <laughs> I don't. I,
2: I don't know, man. I don't know. If Adam Hill tried to write a children's book, I think it would be a complete disaster. Yeah, like, I, I, you give yourself credit. <laughs> Very. Uh, as we get ready for the four games this weekend. Uh, It feels like the Buffalo-Kansas City matchup is sort of the de facto AFC championship. It's the game we all kind of expected to see again for all the marbles in the AFC. Am I selling the Bengals and the Titans short, or do you feel like this is really the game that is going to determine who comes out of the AFC for the Super Bowl?
4: I think you might be selling the Titans short. I'd be very surprised if the Bengals win that game. Uh, They're banged up, especially on the defensive line. Uh, They're going to have to go down to Tennessee, which is rested and is getting healthy. I don't know how much Derrick Henry will be able to contribute, but the running game has worked recently without him. Uh, And they're just such a well-coached team. So I I think the Titans uh, should not be sold short. But uh, I think most of America believes that the uh, Chiefs and the Bills uh, are the two best teams in the the AFC. It's funny. I was very skeptical about the Bills going into the playoffs. And then they absolutely hammered uh, the Patriots, who turned out to be uh, pretty much a bogus playoff
1: team. Well, I mean, didn't, didn't it kind of back up what we thought about the Bills in that they have an unbelievable team around Josh Allen, and when he plays at the level that he played last week, where he looks like he's a world beater, they are going to be almost impossible to beat. And when he plays like he did, I don't know, six of the last eight weeks, where uh, he's he awful... Again. Uh, then they're going to have a tough time beating anybody.
4: Uh, and uh, you, know, you can say the same thing in uh, some ways about uh, Patrick Mahomes early in the season. Mahomes did not play well the first seven or eight weeks of the season, and then he just turned it around and, and was the Mahomes' expected. So when it comes to that game, if it comes down to the quarterback, I'm going to put my money on Mahomes, even though uh, there are a lot of people who think the Bills are the better overall team.
1: I was thinking about this the other day because you know we've been talking about this. You know, as you kind of pointed out, this Kansas City Buffalo de facto AFC Championship game. Like, I feel like, and I have I have not looked this up, and I have nothing to back it up, but I know you've seen a ton of football through the years. Like, haven't we seen this before, where we just assume one game is a championship game, and then all of a sudden we get spoiled, and the next week they lose to whoever's in that other game?
4: Yes, we've seen it very, very often. You can just go all the way back to um, some of the games in the uh, in, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s when there were these two dynamic teams that were go into uh, a conference championship game. And then they'd get to the Super Bowl and, and they basically didn't stand a chance. One that I remember very well was um, the Broncos playing the Browns. Uh, and they played quite often in the 80s in a championship game in the AFC. And virtually the entire country expected that the winner of that game would be a big favorite in the Super Bowl and they wanted to be in the Broncos and then they got blown out by, uh, by the Washington team so that does happen and I could see it happening again uh, in this game uh, in this you know in this playoff but uh, of the four games this weekend I think most of America is, is intrigued by uh, Bill for the other games.
2: No, without question, we know it's going to be uh, know it's going to be a fantastic matchup. We hope it's a fantastic game, but it's certainly a fantastic matchup. Uh, Barry Wilder from the Associated Press joining us here on Cofield and Company, talking NFL. Uh, Barry, how many Super Bowls have you covered?
4: Everyone except last year's uh, since 1987.
2: That is absolutely remarkable, man. Um, Super Bowl is going to be in. Los Angeles this upcoming year uh, if you were to say right now who are the best teams you've seen this year not necessarily who you think is going to make the Super Bowl but what teams have impressed you most this year that you think could make it to LA huh.
4: you know it's funny because I've seen some teams when they uh, that are really good when they played awful the day I was there so maybe I was a team. <laughs> but um, I think Green Bay is, is the best team in the uh, NFC. And uh, I know that the Packers have struggled in playoff games at Lambeau, which seems so odd. But I think if healthy, the Packers are the best team in the NFC. I think the AFC is a total toss-up. I know I dismissed the Bengals a little bit earlier, but that's mainly because they're pretty banged up. Um, It wouldn't shock me to see any of those teams uh, in in the Super Bowl. And I do kind of expect Green Bay, if healthy, uh, to get there. uh, What could... I guess how how
1: heroic would it be if Tom Brady to, to drag this team that is kind of a shell of what it once was this year uh over the finish line and get them to the Super Bowl again
4: well never play anything past Brady I, I've always said and I think it's been proven the last uh, two seasons that Brady was at least 80 percent responsible for the Patriots dynasty he just makes he's like Michael Jordan and and some other uh, great players Wayne Gretzky. Uh, he makes the guys around him better than they should be. And he he can take a guy who's uh, a good player and turn him into an all-pro. And he still has some pretty dynamic weapons. And I think that game may come down to, I'd like to hear what you guys uh, say about this. I think that game could come down to whether the very weak position, the only weak position on the Rams, safety, can cover Gronkowski and Cameron Braith because you know
2: that Brady is going to be going to those guys a lot. Yeah, Barry, I think, and I'll be curious to know what Adam thinks about this, but Tom Brady is a quarterback who is not going to force anything that he's not being given. He's going to figure out exactly what he's being offered, and he's going to beat you to death with it, if possible. I think it's going to be more a question on the other side of the ball. Can the Rams execute on offense the way that they did uh in previous rounds, previous weeks, recently, can they execute at that kind of level? I, I don't know. Adam, uh, Bucks are three three and a half point favorites this week against the Rams.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like taking the dog just because I I think if the Rams you know execute the way that they want to execute, it's gonna be very tough for a banged up Buccaneers team to hang around. But it is tough to bet against Brady at this time of year. And 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 you're right. Like if you have a weakness on defense, especially in the secondary. I, there's nobody better at finding it than Tom Brady, and so uh, that would very much concern me if I wanted to make a bet uh, on on the uh, Buccaneers this week, Barry. Uh, I, that that's a tough one. That's I, I wouldn't do that with with my money, but I don't even think I'd want to do it with your money.
4: <laughs> I I don't think that the um, Rams will be able to run the ball the way they did against the no-show Cardinals uh, last week. So. Um, I think that could also be a determining factor, and if they have to rely on Matthew Stafford uh, against a really strong pass rush, and we don't know that Tampa can come up with that, especially if Jason Pierre-Paul can't play, um, that that could change things. Uh, but right now, I'm I'm leaning to a really close game. Um, I, I I actually would take the three and a half points, but I think the Bucks might win by a field goal.
2: Yeah, I mean it, it's it's. On paper, a uh, pretty even game based on the Bucks' injuries, especially. Barry, we're, of course, looking at a Raiders team that is definitely bringing in a new general manager, potentially bringing in a new coach. And I know you've watched this organization for a number of years. Uh, what do you see from the outside as the state of the Raiders uh, as they are now going into... We don't know if it's going to be a reload or a rebuild situation.
4: That's a great point. Um, I think that Mark Davis likes big names, and that's one reason he went to get John Gruden out of uh, the broadcast booth. And I I think if he doesn't keep Rich Versace, and I I also believe that if they had won that game at Cincinnati, I think Versace would have had a really stronger case to be kept. Um, I think he's going to look for a bigger-name coach. Uh, There there are some issues uh, on that team, um, not just on the field, but off the field, that have to be addressed. But those didn't uh, result from as, uh, you know, short reign as, as a coach. Uh, I would like to see him actually get another chance. Um, but I do think the next uh, – I think the next coach, if there is a next coach, is going to be a, a bigger name that um, Mark Davis just falls in love with.
1: Would it be a bigger name that currently lives in the state of Michigan?
4: That would surprise me. Um I, I I mean, I think that Davis has probably looked there and has, has probably uh, offered some big money on it. But, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh makes a tremendous amount of money from right. Michigan. Um, and uh, one thing that's great about taking the Raiders job is uh, he won't have to face Ohio State anymore. <laughs> <laughs> as a Michigan that fan, is... that
2: hurts. That hurts as oh, Michigan Oh, God. Fan. Yeah. Get it, get it. You know what, Barry? He got in his Josh Allen slander that he always has to get in. I'm glad you got that one back at, at Adam Hill. Uh, Barry, let's finish with this because I want to tap on your knowledge of the league and someone who has seen a lot of NFL football. You mentioned Brady and comparing him to Michael Jordan in terms of what he's been able to do with his teams. Outside of position, we're not talking just quarterbacks, who is the best football player you've ever seen?
4: Well, I, when I was a young kid, I actually see Jim Brown on television. And, wow. and I, you know, I would say Jim Brown was the best that I had ever seen. But um, in the more modern era, I think the most impactful and dangerous guy uh, was Jerry Rice. And he was the most fun to watch. I've, I actually went to some 49ers games. When they had the ball, I only watched Jerry Rice to see what he <laughs> did. So I think, and I vote on the Hall of Fame committee. And all of these great names come up, and we we see film. We look at the, you know all the stats and and uh, the great plays they made. And to me, I still have yet to see anybody like Jerry Rice.
1: Yeah, certainly amazing. Well, I, I, the last thing I want to get to you uh, before we let you out of here, and it's been awesome conversation. Uh, Las Vegas is a a big time part of the NFL now. We've got the draft coming up. We've got the Pro Bowl coming up. The Super Bowl in just a couple of years. Is this something you ever imagined in your time covering football, that Las Vegas not only would be in the NFL, would be such a big part of the league's events?
4: I actually thought that after the Knights were born, and hockey is my favorite sport, actually, um, I thought after that happened that Las Vegas would just take off in getting pro teams. I thought the NBA would be next, but the NFL is usually ahead of the, the trend, and uh, I think Mark Davis made a brilliant move in, in coming to Las Vegas. I do expect you guys will get an NBA and a baseball team before this decade is out. So yes, I and I think it's a great thing. It's a great sports town, and I think they deserve to have these teams. Now let's see if we can have some winning teams.
2: Hey, hey, hey! Easy, easy. We've we're Adam and I have both lived in Las Vegas for decades, Barry, and it's still wild for us to you know drive by Allegiant Stadium and believe any of this is actually happening. Uh, Barry, we appreciate your time. Great spot. Thank you for giving us a little bit of uh, of your expertise. Barry Wilder from the Associated Press.
4: You bet, guys. Thanks.
2: The Fat Pack has some very important issues to discuss today, even though the story came from Ari.
0: At the William Hill Race and Sportsbook, sign up for the mobile betting app and get $50 added to your account. Who better to talk about food than these two? It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Nova Home Loans.
5: Ah, the Fat Pack. Even with me,
2: not really a fat guy, but I'm a fat guy at heart. I eat like a fat guy. I love things that stick to my ribs. Gravy things, cream things, cheesy things. It's Little <laughs> Cheese Lover's Day. And momentarily, we're going to let Ari actually weigh in on something, which is always a dangerous proposition. But we don't usually do sort of the uh, the breaking news stuff here, but I do think it's worth mentioning if you happen to be driving while you're listening to us right now uh avoid the 95 near eastern apparently a bridge has collapsed uh near eastern avenue in the 95 on the freeway so avoid the area if you can right now uh adam's out at silver sevens getting us ready for vgk at seven o'clock tonight 277 beers and margaritas uh down there at silver sevens for happy hour 77 cent bud bud light Mick ultra once the vgk Puck drops at 7 o'clock. Home game against the Montreal Canadiens tonight. All right. I know I'm going to regret this, and I'm going to do it anyway. Ari let us know about National Cheese Lovers Day. And so my thought, Adam, was that we were going to have all of us rank our top three cheeses. And I know you're going to have a good list, and I know I'm going to have a good list because I appreciate good food. I know you do as well. I have a feeling Ari is going to tell us that the best cheese in the world is like the powdered stuff that comes out of the mac and cheese box. I don't know that he's <laughs> really good. the right
1: person to weigh in on this. It's
2: not bad. I don't know if it makes top three cheeses.
1: Adam, that, That's number one. Cheese Whiz, number two.
2: Yeah, I, I don't see how this gets any better than that, but American, I assume we have to.
1: American number No, I, no, I, no, no. What, no,
2: I, no. what is I, happening? I made the rules for this thing. I made the rules in the rundown. And everybody doesn't get to see this, but I made the rules for this thing. Anybody says American, they're out. They're out. They're off the show. Our program director, Q Myers, I I already worked this out with him. Mm -hmm. Anybody who says American cheese, they're done. They're done. Never to be seen again at Lotus. So Ari, I I give you that as a backdrop to you telling us what are your favorite cheeses. Thank Rank you, you, top three,
5: for that wonderful introduction. First off, I am not a cheese lover by definition, and I'll I'll take that. So I didn't even really think about participating. I just, You're participating. I'm just big You're on right you know you content are. for the show. So I just I had to put it in there because I knew it would be a good topic. With that said. I guess I will put mozzarella at number one. Oh, my God. Is it over right now? Should I just stop? Uh, no, uh, that just no I mean, so awful?
2: That's, that's fine. Uh, first of all, always good on a list of three to one to give your number one first. Yeah, um, <laughs> really really it building just gets the drama. worse. Just gets but worse. But hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, really. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Mozzarella one. What's two?
5: I'll tell you number three is not uh, going to be mentioned, so we'll move on from that. Yeah, okay, that
2: it. must be American cheese, hey, so uh, it's fine. Uh, yeah, whatever. No. Don't say it out loud. What's your number two?
5: Uh, I, And since I'm not a cheese lover, I'm really, like, I'm stumped. I guess I'll just go with the... Uh, he doesn't know any other cheeses. No, I'm
4: not. not mozzarella I, I American, he doesn't know any other cheeses. I know plenty
5: cheeses. of cheeses. I just don't partake in said cheeses, so I guess... Oh, I'm, oh, oh, I know cheeses. Some of my best friends are cheeses. Right, gotcha, Ari. It's like I've existed in this world for how many years, so I know that there are actually a lot more of cheeses than just the two that I'll eat. But, yeah, I guess... Uh, I guess I'd probably throw, like, white cheddar in there at number two. <laughs> oh my
2: by, uh, by, by the way, that's my nickname for Ari, in case anybody <laughs> yeah, didn't know. True. It's white I'm cheddar. Because uh, yeah. i Not really. Yeah. Uh, all right, Adam,
5: <laughs> pull us out of this tailspin, please. Yes, with your Kraft macaroni and cheese cheese, please.
1: Which is, is fine for what it is.
5: So is American. All right, I'm done. It's, Just saying. No, I put it on crackers. No. It's good. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go. White cheddar nice- on a cracker
5: is the Ari biography. <laughs> it's been a American, but go on.
1: I'm gonna go with a uh mine are mine more versatile. Mm. So I mean listen, I, I love a nice, you know, a nice uh cheese on a uh on a cold cut sandwich as much as anybody, but I'm actually gonna go even more simple than anything Ari did with my number three and go with a Parmesan because it's that, so versatile, it can go in so many different that things. That is a fine, fine yes.
2: call. You're off to a great start. Yes.
1: Thank you. What is your three? Are You want to go three, three, two, two?
2: Yeah. It's a, l- l- why don't we do this uh, properly as opposed to Ari just blurting out his number sure. one cheese, which, by the way, is a fine cheese, but really doesn't have a lot of flavor on its own. Um, no. As much as I'm, I'm an Italian kid, I love my mozzarella. Uh, my number three is a little bit underappreciated, um, and I like its different applications on pizza and in lasagna, of course. Uh, the ricotta. The ricotta cheese is is something that when done well is absolutely outstanding. No you're not going to walk into your local cheesemonger and just say, "Give me some ricotta cheese." But if you do, you're going to be happy.
1: Sure. No question. Number 2. Well, this is this is incredibly basic again, but that's fine. Uh, mm. I will put a Swiss on anything. And yeah. if you're going with a grilled cheese, Oh, first of all, if you do American, Ari, just stop. No, uh, this dude. A Swiss? On a, a cheddar, is, a cheddar is not bad, but a Swiss cheese on a grilled cheese is just a game changer. I mean, it, it,
2: that and a Reuben, right? Like, you talk about sure. get, get, get your Swiss, get your Russian, get your sauerkraut. Oh, God, I just wanted to say sauerkraut to watch Ari's face. Yep, that was right. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought it would be. Uh, number two on the list. Uh, now I'm going to go a little bit highbrow. Because someone on the show has to.
1: The humble Gruyere. Okay, you know what's funny? It was going to be my number three. <laughs> number three. That's great. The humble Gruyere deserves a
2: lot of praise, and it's when you you melt it down and it gets that little oily sort of thing that gives off uh, all the flavor, right? You could just you could just lick a good Gruyere. Ari, do you have to dump that? I'm sorry, Adam. Is it can it. get through? <laughs>
1: it's a little sensual,
2: a, li- a little bit.
1: All right, Adam. Number one cheese. I mean, this is—it's no question. Um, anybody that's had meals with me probably knows this. Uh, I will—I love it on almost everything, and it might be a little bit controversial to some people, but I'm going blue cheese. I love it. I will—I mean, chicken wings—it's the only option. They're, if you put ranch on chicken wing, go screw. Uh, a dressing, a nice uh, blue cheese crumble on a salad. I'm all in on blue cheese. I have a sticker
2: on my fridge that was purchased as a charity item from a friend who lives in Buffalo. And it looks like a tattoo, but it is a chicken wing and a piece of ranch crossed to make an X. And the, the text across it says, never ranch. No, never. Because if you eat ranch with your chicken wings, You need to go and grab your American cheese, grab your ranch, and leave. We don't need you here. Uh, This is a hard call for me because blue cheese deserves its cred. But since you went blue cheese and covered it for us, I am going to channel my inner Jada um, and say it just the way Jada would because as an Italian kid, we pretty much put this on everything. We put it on pasta. We put it on salads from time to time. Parmigiano-Reggiano, not just your average Parmesan. Parmigiano-Reggiano. It comes in a giant wheel, it's expensive. How many other cheeses could double as something that you could injure someone with? A wheel of Parmigiano-Reggiano is not only delicious and costs you a good, what, $15 a pound? Like, it's, it's, it's not cheap because it's good. It is sharp, it is salty, saltier than Ari after we make fun of his cheeses. Parmigiano-Reggiano, blue cheese, Gruyere. Adam and I have this covered on National Cheese Lovers Day. And Ari knows two cheeses in this world. He is, he is familiar with two cheeses. Mozzarella and American. And he had to make up a third <laughs> cheese to be able to participate in National Cheese Lovers Day because he, quote, he's doing it for the content. That's right. right, Ari. My little white cheddar on a cracker. What are we going to do with you?
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting Betting. with Brad
2: Powers. Brad joins us in just a moment. I have to backtrack for a second because Ari's insulting opinion about cheeses made me forget that I was supposed to say some words uh, prior to the break. I have concert tickets. I am not going insane in the membrane. Oh, no, no. I just have Cypress Hill tickets. Knotfest Roadshow, Slipknot with special guests, Cypress Hill, Friday, June 17th, MGM Grand Garden Arena. Those tickets are going to go on sale tomorrow. That's Friday. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. at AXS Com. If you don't want to wait until then Caller 7 to Ari At 702-364-1100 364-1100 is going to win two tickets To Slipknot With Cypress Hill It's Adam Hill and Adam Candy Cofield and company Brad Powers joins us Brad, I'm sorry you're not eligible To get in on the Slipknot And <laughs> Cypress Hill giveaway You're going to have to sign up uh, tomorrow morning at access.com uh, I was just reading through your Twitter earlier and seeing some other uh, pop culture talk. You know it's the off season for college football because uh, we're getting into pop culture now. Defend this <laughs> opinion because I found it just hard to hard to understand. You said comedy movies have been dead for 10 years. There has not been a good comedy yeah. movie made in the last decade. You don't th- there's nothing. There's nothing you've seen
3: well, that is I mean... worth anybody's time there's nothing that I would rank in the top 10 in the last 20 25 years all of it would be in that first 10 15 year period uh, nothing in the last 10 years I think is worthy of a top 10 list well
1: I think we need to we need to get a baseline here like what is your, what would be in your top three uh, Comedies last like 20 years like just give me your top three comedy so we know what you're working with. You know, just what are your top three ever so we know oh, where you're coming my
3: from? Oh, goodness. I mean, I would say Dumb and Dumber would be one for me. Me too. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's a big drop-off after that. So that would certainly be one. Uh, I'm a big Wedding Crashers guy. That's yeah. probably in my top three and probably old school is there too. So <sighs> those would certainly make my top five.
1: You know, it's a You know, it's a tough list to make when I had a top three in my mind when I asked you and then you threw me off. Cause I was like, oh man, I need old school in my top three. Yeah, the oh, no,
3: old school has
2: to be there.
1: Yeah, yeah. but I, my first thought was like, yeah. Dumb and Dumber, something about
3: Mary, Super Bad. Something about Mary is certainly up there for me. Oh, I forgot stop. about that one. But but see how it is, like, yeah. I mean, we had a really good run of comedies from like '94 to like 2010, a good 15 plus year run, where I mean, you could find three or four really good comedies a year. And I mean, last ten years. I mean, maybe I can find a couple, but I mean, we're talking a ten-year period. I, I mean, I'm gonna have to fight, claw and scratches to find a couple when we had twenty or thirty. it's
2: fair. All right, Brad,
1: make a lot of good um, points.
2: He does. He make he makes some good points. And of course, here he goes picking all the favorites, right? <laughs> all the classics, the ones that are highly ranked, the ones everybody knows. And we talked to Brad last week about the fact that. He, professional sports better, has gone square. He has gone extremely (laughs) square. He played a teaser that teased the team down from 12.5 to 6.5. Well, you know what, Brad? To all the haters out there, did you win that teaser? Because I think Bucks minus two, Chiefs minus six and a half cashed. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have
3: to sweat. Probably should have just (laughs) bet both of (laughs) us. Obviously. Didn't have to sweat either one. So... I mean, look, I mean, favorites had a good weekend. Uh, and what, what shocked me, you know, transitioning towards this weekend, I was stunned that I thought the bookmakers, at least early on in the process, you know, were a little short on the favorites once again. Look, I, I don't want to be, you know, going across the board favorites all the time, but uh, I found myself when these lines were opening up on Saturday night and Sunday, or actually Sunday night, uh, I was betting more favorites once again so yeah after we get through these games you're
4: probably
3: gonna call me
1: square again So I guess let's start with a game that we were just talking about a little bit with Tampa uh, and the Rams. what do you see as being the key in this game and, and what is your what is your first thought when looking at the number?
3: So this would be the one game where I I do move towards the dog here. I'll I'll take the Rams, and I think if you want to get that key number of three, I know you got to lay probably minus 120, the extra juice to get that three at this point. I think you better do it now because I expect the line to close in the two-and-a-half range. And I think the key would be the health status of Tampa's offensive line. I mean, we even saw with Tampa way up against Philadelphia in that game last week, as soon as Tristan Wurst got out of the lineup, They had issues. I mean, Tom Brady was on his back a couple of times. I got to think, you know, the Rams are on that short list of teams you don't want to face when you have a banged-up offensive line. I think the Rams are confident. They've beaten Tampa Bay each the last two meetings, the last two years with Brady in Tampa. Uh, I think the Rams plus three are a very live dog this weekend.
2: So if you're talking about favorites being a bit short, I'm guessing you do not agree with the market's move on Kansas City and Buffalo, which opened to two two two-and-a-half and is back to one-and-a-half in most spots in favor of KC? I
3: don't. And Kansas City, I'm not running to the window to bet KC yet because I expect more Buffalo money to show. Uh, but Kansas City is going to be my top play of the week, the biggest bet of the weekend for me. And, you know, let's go back to the first meeting. I get it. Buffalo won the game outright easily. Uh, and More plus four in turnovers. I think that should be noted. But I mean Kansas City was a three point home favorite in that game and that's where I expected this line to be. I mean you look at it since that game, that performance, there's been thirteen games. Buffalo's went eight and five, Kansas City's went eleven and two. I'm talking straight up. And I just don't get I think it's just an overreaction to Buffalo's performance last week. Kudos. They played the perfect game, but it's not like Kansas City had a bad performance against Pittsburgh. So yeah, I think the line should be three, therefore. I really like the Chiefs this weekend.
1: At at what point are you going to start going to the window on? I mean, do you let it go all the way to kickoff, or do you think there'll be a little buyback before then?
3: Uh, I'll wait to see if there's any buyback and maybe a a sharper book. I mean, I'll end up, I mean, because we're going to get so short, I'm just looking for something cheap on the money line on Kansas City. So uh, I think it's going to get toward kickoff, because we saw a lot of anti- We we saw pro-Buffalo money last week against the Patriots. That line went from four to four and a half. And then right before kickoff, we saw a lot of Pittsburgh money, and anti-Kansas City money come in. So, yeah, I expect it to be relatively close to the kickoff before I fire that bet in.
1: We've got a quarterback battle between Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo in Green Bay. Uh, I think if you're going to pick the quarterback, you're clearly going Green Bay. Uh, the rest of the team, the Niners are pretty competitive, so where do we do with this game?
3: Well, it's not a great matchup for Green Bay because I do think San Francisco can have a lot of success in their ground game against our questionable Green Bay rush defense, but not only from a rest factor with Green Bay, you know, possibly getting guys back like Alexander, the quarterback, defensive lineman, uh Z'Darrius Smith. But but also San Francisco's playing their third straight road game. And I get it, travel's not nowhere near as important as what it was twenty, thirty years ago. But that's still not ideal, especially considering each of those last two games that San Francisco played on the road went down to the final play of the game. On top of it, you go further, this is their sixth road trip in the last eight weeks. Just something you never see. Usually in an NFL schedule, San Francisco's banged up. Jimmy G's, you know, wasn't practicing earlier this week. Two key defensive players a little bit banged up for the 49ers. So I, I certainly lean with Green Bay here.
2: Cincinnati and Tennessee is an interesting handicap, I think, Brad, just because of the fact that Tennessee is going to look different than what we've seen Tennessee look like for most of the season without Derrick Henry. He's widely expected to be able to play in this game and everybody, I think, is still pretty high on Cincinnati after watching uh, their performance against Kansas City and winning last week. Tennessee is sitting three and a half here at the moment.
3: So, again, I'm going to go with the favorite, the Titans here. And you, you say they're going to be different. Well, I can tell you this. I mean, whether Henry was in the lineup or without, I mean, they're basically winning games. I mean, they're 6-2 and two with them in the lineup, 6-3 and three with them out. Not like they're playing a bunch of cupcakes. I mean, Tennessee won eight games over teams with winning records this year. That is an NFL record. No team in NFL history has won eight games in a single season over winning teams in a regular season. On top of it, Rabel, the head coach, is eight uh, zero straight up when he's got extra rest during the season. So I know we're talking three and a half point spread, but think now he's banged up on the defensive line. If Tennessee's healthy in the run game, that's not a good matchup for the Bengals. Extra rest, give me the Titans.
2: All right, Brad, uh, at BradPower7 on Twitter. Uh, Brad, where can people find your work?
3: BradPowerSports.com. You can check out my website. or Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Brad Power 7 For not only football stuff, but uh, also pop culture references.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Perfect. find find Brad's ranking of the top comedy movies up until 2011 at BradPowerSports.com. You have to throw that page up real fast now that we plugged it.
3: <laughs> I'll, I'll try to work on that tonight. Yeah, I'll th- be fast at work.
2: We appreciate it, Brad. Thanks very much. Uh, Big five time in just a moment. Adam Hill's down at Silver 7's. Ari is giving us bad opinions on cheese. Daily happy hour starts
0: at 3 with beers, well drinks, and margaritas just two seventy seven. 77 From the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company.
2: Loaded sports day here in Las Vegas. Coming up in just about a half hour, you can tune in right here, ESPN Las Vegas, for the Run and Rebel pregame show with John Sandler and Curtis Terry, and of course our man Steve Cofield. They are at Air Force for a 6 p.m. Pacific tip. Golden Knights play at 7 o'clock at T-Mobile against the Montreal Canadiens. No, you know you might be out on the roads trying to either get home or maybe make your way toward that game. Adam, uh, we just want to give a quick update if you happen to be anywhere on the 95 on uh, a situation that I know probably has some people's attention is snarling traffic around town.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and, and there's a bridge that appears collapsed. It's the area as you said 95 and eastern it's the bridge above eastern has fallen onto the road right on eastern it looks like it was some sort of planned demolition and i don't know if it more you know collapsed than they thought or how it went how it went down or if this was even what's supposed to happen and it just has created a mess over there so i think the only thing we want to say is avoid the area right now i think that's probably a safe bet uh, to stay away from there if you possibly can as everything is sorted out sounds like one person injured so uh this could have it seems like it looks like it could have been very, very bad. Uh, one person injured, I think, uh, sounds like maybe not too serious. So, still looking for more updates, still trying to get updated, but uh, just want to make sure everybody is aware of that is going on and uh, try to avoid the area as much as possible.
0: Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at
2: Five, number five. The Raiders do not have a new head coach. No. But man, are we going to talk about it until the moment it happens? I mean, talking about this in our sleep. Jim Harbaugh is the rumored name, Adam. And I brought this up with Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus earlier. Seen a lot of stories say, well, you know, this isn't just your typical college coach coming to the NFL ranks because Jim Harbaugh has NFL experience. Because he went to a Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick and the San Francisco 49ers. Because he amassed an impressive winning percentage over the course of four years in San Francisco. This isn't Urban Meyer. This isn't a guy who's a career college guy. I I wonder if we're overblowing that. In fact, I think we are. I think we're overblowing the fact that Jim Harbaugh comes into this thing ready for today's NFL. Because things change fast in this league. We're probably two or three offensive schemes de jour away from what was happening in the league when Colin Kaepernick and the San Francisco 49ers went to the Super Bowl against the Baltimore Ravens. For all the talk of Jim Harbaugh as the big name, Adam, do you think he's the right guy for the job? or, or I don't know. I, I feel like maybe time might have passed the guy by at this point.
1: Well, I think, I think it can be both that you think he could be successful and he may not be the right person for the job. I think those are two in the same now i'm obviously conflicted wanting him to stay at michigan continue to you know make the program extraordinarily relevant at the top but who knows maybe they could work you know a younger coach into the equation and and you know take the next step and use the foundation that he built there and get even better uh in terms of how it works out for the raiders i think it makes sense for a lot of reasons one being uh mark davis has always been kind of infatuated with jim harbaugh he's he's made an offer to jim harbaugh before uh to bring him over uh, Harbaugh's always been kind of infatuated the Raiders organization. There's uh, a lot of stuff out there you can read from about ten years ago of uh, Jim Harbaugh talking about how you know how much he respects not only uh, Al Davis uh, but also the organization that he was a part of that he came in with with his first coaching job after his playing career was over, and some of the interactions he had with Al before he passed and and you know what those meant to him and how they shaped him in a lot of different ways. So. He has always been drawn to the Raiders. The Raiders have always been drawn to him. Obviously, they had to look across the bay and see him having all kinds of success uh, with the 49ers. But you're right. I mean, it doesn't seem like a long time ago, but in NFL years, it was 50 years ago that he was uh, that he was having success with the, with the 49ers. Now, he knows football. He's a very good coach in my mind. I think he would be fine. I don't know that he'd be a slam dunk, you know, grand slam hire, like I do think Becky Hammond was for the Aces and, and for Mark Davis on that side. But... Uh, but I, I think he would be successful. The question is, would he be the most successful? I don't know if that's the case, but it's fairly conservative. I, I think most people would agree he's not going to be a disaster.
2: Yeah, I, here's the point that I want to make about Jim Harbaugh coming to a passing league. A league that, yes, there are teams that have run with success, but it's way more based on scheme than just take the ball and pound it up the middle. You're a Michigan fan. When was the last time... You remember Michigan producing a big-time quarterback, Jim Harbaugh, uh, Thomas Brady. Yeah, I mean, like you know, even a guy who might not have been the man uh, at that time. What, what about? receiver? I'm a big uh, shoelace guy.
1: Tar <laughs> Robinson.
2: What about? What about receiver? I mean, we've had some decent. Who's the, la- who's the last great Michigan receiver? Braylon. Oh God! <laughs> yes. Ask the people in Cleveland how that one worked out. Yeah, so there's my point, folks. Look, if you think Jim Harbaugh is going to come in here with the big name and be successful just because, air quotes, he's done it before, look closer and look at how he's been successful and don't just assume that because Mark Davis went and got the biggest name, like he did last time, that it's going to work out for the Raiders because he has the aura. Number four. What the Raiders need, Adam, I think this is indisputable is toughness they need to be able to take a hit and get back up the same way they did throughout 2021 rich Pisaccia led them in a way that i think there is only one other person on this planet right now january 20th 2022 is capable of doing and that person is tori yorgi
0: and now we're starting to experience, unfortunately, in freeze thaw, we see this water main breaks. <gasps> oh, my, oh
3: my gosh, I got hit by a car, but I'm okay. I just got hit by a car, but I'm well, okay, Tim. That's perfectly um, on I'm okay. TV, Tori.
4: Woo, We're
3: all good. I'm okay. Yeah, you know, that's live TV for you. It's all good. I actually got hit by a car in college, too, just like that. Wow. I am so glad I'm okay. You're okay. You're okay. We're all good. I'm okay.
2: You're okay. We're good, Tim. Everyone's okay. Everyone's fine. You can get hit by a car and come right back on live television, not miss a beat. Okay. Tori Yorgi is a local TV reporter in West Virginia. Uh... They call them multimedia journalists now, which basically means we don't pay for camera people anymore. You got to run your own camera too, which is what Tori was doing out in a flood situation on the roads in West Virginia early in the morning when she was hit by a car. She was actually hit by a car and stayed on the air, stayed live, kept talking. In fact, Tori Yorgi, is someone who wasn't even supposed to be here today?
3: You know, it's my last week on the job, and I think this would happen. So you were specifically bumped to in, me, Tim. Were you
2: bumped down low, Tori, or were
0: you hit up high? I couldn't really tell from looking.
3: Oh, I, I, I don't even. Do you know if I was bumped down low or up high, sir? I just saw you disappear. I don't even out of know. I don't even know, Tim. I, my whole life just flashed before my eyes. Oh, but this happen. is live TV, and everything's okay.
2: Everything's okay, and. Tori Yorgi taking the Gerard Gallant approach. I don't know if it's an upper body injury. I don't know if it's a lower body injury. I just know I got hit by a car. Uh, And now, Adam, Ari Ari sent us a note with this story earlier and said, has anything remotely close to this ever happened to one of you when you were doing something live? No, No, Ari. No. I've never been hit by a damn car. I've never had a car come within five feet of me. This is unbelievable. Adam, the poise. The professionalism, Tori Yorgi is an American so,
1: hero. So yeah, um, there's so many aspects of this. First of all, yeah, it goes without saying that she's she's a hero for this. This is great. That part we get. Uh, one thing, the poor lady that hit her because it didn't look like the lady tried to. It's not like she drove and hit her. It no. looks like the flood carried the car away and like dragged her, dragged the car into her. And she's off camera being very apologetic. Also, how about, how often do we deal with this. You're doing a live show. We're here at Silver 7s. Come on down, hang out. We love all of you. I'm not talking about you guys. But how many many times have we done this when we're live on the air and people are, like, coming over and talking to you? And you're like, okay. So the lady's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry I hit you. I'm so sorry. And Tori's like, okay, I got to get back to the live shot. You're good. I'm getting back to my live shot here. But she also has to try to set up the camera and go on live. Now, the real victim in all this, I think, is poor Tim. I feel bad for Tim back in studio because he has been roasted on the internet for the last 24 hours because he doesn't seem to be showing any concern that Tori just got hit by a car. Now, he can hear the audio that she got hit, but according to the people that were at the station, according to Tim himself, now he kind of says it at the end, but he didn't get a shot of her, so he couldn't see her until the very end. So he didn't really see that it was like a full-on impact. He just thought it was one of maybe a car like bumped into her leg or something. He didn't know exactly how bad this was. So he's just been roasted. She went to, she came to his defense today, stuck up for him, Tori did, and said, hey, listen, this is not a Of course she didn't see. Sure. Uh, but here is the thing that I think so many people have missed from this entire story. She's like, it's okay. I also got hit by a car in college. Right! Tori! where I was going with this. What are you
2: doing? How is this possible <laughs> that it's the second time she's been hit by a car? I don't get it. And and Tim, uh, like poor Tim, Tim Er, Tim-er, Adam Adam and I have both done live TV. And it's the truth that you don't always have a program monitor to see exactly what's happening on the other end. You don't always know. Sometimes you're just looking at a prompter, you're looking at a camera. You can only see what's happening on your side. So Tim didn't know what happened to poor Tori. Uh But poor Tori's been hit by a car twice now. No wonder her life has flashed before her eyes. And you know what the worst part of the whole thing, Adam? She's an Eagles fan.
1: Oh, that is terrible. Let me say this. This might be insensitive. If you get hit by a car one time, that really sucks. It does. If you get hit by a car twice, I think that's on you.
2: You couldn't like, even get what, it out. What are you, you could. No, no, stop. I think you could not get you. that one out.
1: What are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you doing yeah. with your life?
2: Listen, man. You don't get I mean, hit by a car about, twice? No, you want to talk about low odds things. Like, I I have been on two game shows in my life. What uh, The first game show, clearly, yeah, you know what? Uh, everybody lucks into something the second time. Second one, it's like, okay, something's weird about you. Something's weird. I don't understand. You, you've had two lightning strike things happen in your life literally something it's on you i I, poor tori doesn't deserve your slander any more than poor tim has deserved everything he's caught on the internet tim tori just know you've got kindred souls here in vegas
1: number three can we agree that if she gets hit again like if you get hit a third time number three Ari does not agree it's definitely on you
2: Ari definitely does not agree that it, that it is on Tori. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes sometimes the third is the one you gotta watch out for. It's like, you know, sometimes you, you think you have three of something great, right? Number three. I actually was talking about it, Ari, so that's fine. Thank you for crushing my setup. Dude, you are having one hell of a big five. Uh, LeBron <laughs> James and Anthony Davis. ...are the first two. Russell Westbrook's, theoretically, was the third. Um, but something crazy happened in that loss to the Pacers last night. Um, what happened with Russell Westbrook, Adam? Uh, a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, according to many, supposedly still close to his prime. A guy who's averaging 18 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists per game, benched in the last four minutes... By, let me hold on. Let me check my news feed. Yes, still the coach of the Lakers, Frank Vogel.
1: Yeah, this isn't this isn't ideal for what's going on with the Lakers. Uh, Westbrook bench down the stretch. Not like it helped. I mean, it's not like. I mean, I think if you you bench Westbrook down the stretch and you rally and get a victory and everybody comes together, I think it not only. Kind of, you know, energizes the team, but also sends a message to Westbrook, like, hey, look what happened. We don't need you. You have to pick up your game because, you know, this is gonna happen if you're not out there. But when you do this and then lose, and not even particularly close, like this is bad. That was like a that was like a Hail Mary that you never even got off. It just you got sacked and it got run back for a touchdown the other way. Like you never just had a chance to win. This is bad. And it's getting worse, and I don't think Vogel deserves the fate that's about to happen to him but I think it's going to happen to him I I think this is probably the end of the line this isn't about fair it's not fair to Frank Vogel he didn't
2: trade for Russell Westbrook Frank Vogel is a good coach Uh, but LeBron James and Rob Palenka traded for Russell Westbrook and guess who's not getting fired LeBron (laughs) James or Rob Palenka neither of them are going anywhere
1: and, and the thing is i like I like Westbrook as a player I think he's a good player but this is not the right fit and by the way you also have built a team where it's it's the, the big two, and then when Westbrook can find a way to work with them, you have a big three, which could be effective if everybody's playing together, everybody's healthy, and everybody's at a high level. But if one of them's gone, and right now, with no AD, it's ugly. There's not enough there to, to play without everybody at full strength.
2: Number two. UNLV running Rebel basketball tonight. About 15 minutes, running Rebel pregame with John Sandler and Curtis Terry coming up here. 6 p.m. tip, Rebels coming off a convincing victory. Of course, you should be convincing against San Jose State, but Adamant hasn't always been the case. Much better Rebel teams than this one have struggled up at the event center in San Jose. Rebs get a blowout victory. Uh, they'll be a little bit shorthanded tonight. Josh Baker not available for the Rebels. They are five and a half point favorites at Air Force. We're halfway through the first year for Kevin Krueger. It's, of course, been a COVID year. Everything is weird again. Uh, where do you think are the realistic expectations for the rest of the season for this team?
1: I mean, it's tough to say. Like they, they, Games like this aren't a great measuring stick to say, okay, they're closer to where they need to be. They're really good. But games like this are you know they do have the ability to tell you they're nowhere close to where they need to be like if you go and lose and especially if it's not you know not particularly close down to the end that's a really bad sign for the progression but you don't want to overreact you don't want to set you know a usual number like if you in most years you could say hey this is this many wins is probably right for this team uh, this many wins is probably you know a, an indication that they're going in the right direction um, for sure but this year with you know cancellations and uneven schedules and you know stacking schedules in some spots, like it's not really the same as it is in most in most cases. So I don't think there's like a number of wins you could put on this and say you need to win this many games, but it's how you look, it's the games that you do win, it's when you're competitive in, in games that you lose, when you blow out teams that you should you should beat pretty easily. Like those are good signs. So I, I just think taking that momentum of what they did the other day, winning in the way that they're supposed to win and then try to do that again and replicate that uh, would be a really good step. To have those kind of performances two games in a row would be a very good step for this team.
2: Number one. right, I wanted to leave some time to talk about the Golden Knights who are taking on the Montreal Canadiens tonight. There will be no Mark Stone. He is in the COVID protocol because we can't have nice things with the 2021-2022 VGK. Every time someone looks like they're coming back, like Max Pacioretty, and Alec Martinez being on the ice of practice the last two days, you have to subtract something. And now Mark Stone is going to be out. Uh, I saw this from NHL Injury Viz, a stat that basically measures the amount of your salary cap that has been out compared to the expected production of those guys for your team. And I was blown away by how much harder the Vegas Golden Knights have been hit by injury than any other team in the league. If you take the gap, between the Golden Knights and the Canadiens who are number two, and they will be here tonight. Uh, The gap between them, the number one and number two teams is the same as the gap between the Canadiens and the number 14 team, the Anaheim Ducks. The Golden Knights are destroyed by injuries and they're still leading the Pacific Division. Now, of course, games played is an issue there. Uh, Calgary still has a number of games in hand that they have to make up and could catch the Golden Knights fairly easily. But I think if the Golden Knights end up holding on to this division, given everything they've faced this year. I think Pete DeBoer has a strong, if not airtight argument for NHL coach of the year. I I understand what other teams have done, but what Pete DeBoer has faced this year has been damn near unprecedented. And right now, uh, over at Vegas Insider, Pete DeBoer is 16-1 to to win the Jack Adams Trophy as Coach of the Year. There are 11 coaches listed in front of Pete DeBoer. If you think 11 coaches have done more than Pete DeBoer has done this year, you need to watch way more hockey than you do, Adam. Uh, Pete DeBoer has guided this team to where I didn't think they could even be in this spot at this point. Yes, I know how bad the division is. But at the same time, the Golden Knights have been throwing some Henderson-esque third and fourth lines out there this year, and I think DeBoer deserves more consideration than he's getting.
1: Yeah, if you, I think if you would have said the amount of guys that have been out are going to be out, if you would have showed them that chart as of January twentieth uh, before the season, I think most people would have said, "All right, well, try to be like in sixth place and you know make a run at the end of the year when you get everybody, get everybody healthy, sneak into the playoffs, and then you know have your full team." to compete in the playoffs they're somehow finding a way to be first in the division and I've heard Golden Knights fans frustrated with the season are you nuts are you out of your mind being frustrated with this team and the season that they're having you're crazy what are you what are you watching or what are you expecting that is silly absolutely silly to, to look at it that way you're, you're you're nuts out of your mind and if you're listen if you're still like they got rid of the guys that i like to cheer for that okay then i guess you're not a fan of the team that's fine you can you can do that and that's fine but if you are frustrated with the way that this team has played this year to find a way to be in first place and it, as you said not in points percentage but to be in first place at this point of the season with everything that this team has been through i i, I don't know what to tell you as a sports fan i just don't i just don't know add to that the fact that
2: Robin Leonard, as of right now, is forty sixth out of forty nine qualifying goaltenders. In goals saved above average, in high danger saved above average, he has not performed well. That's not to say he's gonna be terrible the rest of the year, but they haven't
1: had help from the goaltending either. Well for the first for the first month and a half he was like at the top of that, and now He's completely fallen apart. I think there's injuries and things like that that have played into that, but I would fully expect th- him to regain form, maybe if not the form of the best goalie in the league for the first the little bit of the season, at least you know top five, top ten uh, to where we know he can be, and then all of a sudden the team is healthy and they're going to be taking off again. Running Rebel pregame coming up here
2: on ESPN Las Vegas in just about five minutes, 6 p.m. tip for the Rebels. Over on Fox Sports Radio, you can check out the Golden Knights Against Montreal tonight, starting at 7. Get out to Silver 7s for VGK pregame.
0: The Big Five at Five. Brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers.